Hey, I'm Bujara, I'm 20 years old and I'm a singer. Another episode of Introducing. Welcome. Thanks for all the nice feedback from the Art vs. Science chat too. Those boys um, are so much fun. We had a couple of cans. I'm not going to lie. I actually saw the boys at Mary's Underground in Sydney a little while after we recorded that chat. Seriously, they never disappoint. Go and see Art vs. Science. Please, Google Art vs. Science in your area now and go and see them live. Those boys are amazing. We're going to pivot. You know how that's a word now? We're going to pivot from a dance trio that has fireworks at their shows to a one-of-a-kind Australian voice. I saw Bujara at the Lansdowne Hotel in Sydney a couple of years ago and to say he has a voice of an angel sounds patronising, especially coming from an old man like me because he's just 20, but you're going to love him. Very different change of pace for you with this chat and he really warms up. He's got his guitar, he's going to play us some songs, he's going to play us the songs that his dad didn't love so much, he's going to play us a song that he wrote in year nine, uh, he's going to tell us about why Matt Corby spoke to him with crazy eyes, how they became good mates and the fact that he didn't make it through the blind auditions on The Voice and yet he's got one of the greatest voices ever. Yes, enjoy, Budra. Well, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Um, I, I think I saw you, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the first showcase that you did for Warner Music at the Lansdowne Hotel. Yeah. Were you 18 years old then? I was 18, yeah. I think so. Maybe I was 19. I just remember it being a pretty big deal, obviously for you, but even for me when I was there, I, I met your family. Yeah. Um, all the big cheeses from Warner were there. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. Yeah. And then I saw you step out of the stage and it felt like... You had zero nerves. Tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, I sort of, I have nerves up until I walk. Once I start walking, uh, it's like a switch, switch in my in my mind, and I just get up and sing. Once I start walking, that's so for me. Do they call it? Do they call that doctor show lights? Have you ever heard that expression before? No, I've never heard that. I think that might be a theatre thing, but they say doctor show lights. It means that you might be nervous all day, but as soon as you step out there and the lights hit your face. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Well, I, well, I did I did a bit of theatre in high school, so maybe that's maybe that's why. Yeah, I did a bit of acting in high school. Did you? Yeah, yeah. What was your big role? Um, I was in, <laughs> I was in Fiddle on the Roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was um, Tevier, the the lead role, and mm-hmm. did the monologues. Do you remember your big moment? What was your big line? Was in the that big or? moment was was um, the song. The If I Were a Rich Man song. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not in your set or your first EP that's or anything? No, no, no. It's not in my set. <laughs> B-side. No, no. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, so, let's go back to the start. Where did it all start with you? Like, were you from musical family? Where did you grow yeah. up? Let's let's start right at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I grew up in a small town called Fingalhead. Um, just, it's just below the Queensland New South border. Mm. Um, right on the beach. Really lovely. And... Um, I grew up in church. Uh, both my families uh, uh, were very involved in in church, and um, so my mum's family and my dad's family, and um, they were the band. They played a lot of music in church and um, did some of their own stuff as well. Uh, my uncle is a is a songwriter as well, and um, so everyone is very involved in you know music. And when I was born, my parents just um took me to you know the the band practice for church um and so i just saw, always been around you know gospel and soul music and yeah what was the first song you learnt to play the, with the church band the first song i learned how to play uh 
the main one we do uh, is a change is going to come by Sam Cook. Yeah, and I I still sing that. I recorded it on one of my CDs, and um, that's my favorite one. It's yeah, not right. exactly a church or like a gospel song, um, but it's very much you know I think it's still very much accepted as such. Well, I guess then the question is, if you didn't do music, would your parents have been angry with you? No, no, no. <laughs> well, my parents, that like while everyone's so involved in music, everyone uh, growing up in a beach town, right next to. Uh, like just across the river, if if you paddle ac- like through the river, yeah. there's Snapper Rocks, which is one of the best surf spots in the world, yeah. and they have the big WSL yeah. uh, surf comp there. Is that uh, why you got the surfer hair going on? Oh, you've got yeah, the WSL. They gave me a water bottle. Um, my parents they run a non for profit that uh, they work with WSL. Yeah, um, and my sister is a uh, shapes boards and works with Roxy and Is that right? so all my family also work uh, you know in the surf industry and my dad he originally wanted my dad's a he's a coach as well a surf coach yeah. he wanted me to be a surfer he wanted me to uh, be the world champ surfer yeah. but well, I couldn't swim very good <laughs> so uh, I stay my, my sister luckily my younger sister she really loves surfing um, but I couldn't swim very good for a long time so it took me a little while to get out there is this um, stereotypical to say then was the Beach Boys your family's favourite band growing up? You know, surf and music colliding as one? Yeah, yeah. My my uncles and my dad really loved that yeah. kind of music, yeah. Yeah, what kind of music was played in your house? Was it? I mean, surely it wasn't well, just gospel music. Yeah, what, what were your parents listening to of, when you were growing uh, up? Soul music. So there was like Otis Redding and mm. Aretha Franklin and they also played uh, a lot of... Bob Marley, a lot of reggae. Yeah. Yeah, and my mum's family, they come from, from out, like, western New South Wales, um, Bree Warriner, and um, they like country music, so I got, like, you know, Randy Travis and Alan Jackson, all the, like, you know, the good ones. And um, so it was, it was quite a, like, wide variety of music, I think, growing up. Well, I guess if any child's listening now to live in a kind of surfing music household would be any any young songwriter's <laughs> dream. <laughs> so you lived the dream already. Mm-hmm. It's um, good. Did you put the pen to paper first as far as the lyrics were concerned or were you more of an in- were you listening were you playing instruments more and then you found that you had a voice second because your voice is I don't want to be well, cliche but your voice is I mean Angel seems like it's <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous two blokes sitting in a room but your voice is stunning like something I've never heard you. before. <laughs> so was your voice the thing that came first or was it you were pretty handy on the guitar? No, no, singing definitely come first. I always love singing. I'm a singer first. Like, before I say, you know, I'm a songwriter or I'm a guitarist, I always say, like, that's my, I just always want to be, you know, I'm a singer. That's what I always say. Um, I didn't learn how to play guitar until I was, like, 15. My cousin used to play for me. I played in restaurants and cafes around home. And one time he didn't show up. He he called me the, the, like, the day of and was like, I can't do the gig tonight. And it, three hour sets because it's like background music in a restaurant and it's like jazz and like smooth music for people to listen to while they're eating <laughs> yeah. and so not I had, invasive you so know, I had to interrupt someone's souffle yeah I had to learn like two hours worth of music on guitar so I could just uh, you know make my 50 bucks <laughs> um, and yeah that's how I started playing guitar and then around the same uh, a little bit after that a bit later that year as well, this, the assignment in music class in I was in year nine was to write a song and perform it in front of the class. Yeah. I left it to the 
night before. Of course. And I come out at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> I didn't do this song. You're going to help me <laughs> help me write a song. And um, yeah, then we wrote a song and I sang it the next day. And um, well, Hang on. You've got your guitar with you. You know I'm going to ask you. Do you want me to sing it? it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's called Why. And if you wrote it for school, you can do as long as you want because uh, we're under still- no copyright laws for that. <laughs> I, I still sing it in my, in my set. Um, live. Um, it was actually pretty good. I got a B. Yeah? Oh, that's I've not got bad. I got a B. Yeah, I passed. Who, some, someone beat you in the songwriting competition? No, I got the highest, oh, well, I got cool. the highest mark. Um, that's why you're sitting here and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure some some kids would have got an A, but I got a B. It's called um, Why, and it's about, um, you know, indigenous incarceration, which is like kind of messed up. Um, and my dad thought it would be, he's like... At, at the time, there was like quite a few things going on. Um, I think a young boy got arrested, and we were like, we should write something about, you know, this. Um, so I sing a little bit. It's a little blues song. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, all right. It's like I'm in class with you. I'm like a year nine student. <laughs> all right. Why am I here? I've been walking the road of blunt tears. The law put me away because of my color. I've been locked up for 200 years. And then it's like, you know, 12 bar blues. It yeah. It goes around kind of similar like that for the rest of the song. And you got a B for that? Was your teacher on drugs? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> my teacher, she was um, Miss Miss Hawk and she's... Uh, She's she's the greatest teacher. She um That's a joke, Miss Hawkins, by the way. I was just joking. <laughs> she studied clearly. um classical piano and, and yeah. I think she played in a few orchestras and yeah. I think it was very good that, you know, she marked me very harshly. <laughs> yeah. Um Um Yeah. She taught me a lot. Well you don't want to be perfect first up. Yeah. And obviously maybe if you started writing the song at nine PM instead of ten, you might have got a B plus. Might have got a B plus. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, tell us about while we're throwing people in at the blind auditions on the voice. Because I didn't know when I, I've, I've been following you for a couple of years, and I had no idea that you you did the voice. Tell us about that. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, you didn't pass the blind auditions, is that no, correct? No, I didn't. I did not get past the visually impaired round. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Um, was it the regular coaches? The ones we got now? It was. It was. Um, Guy yeah. and Delta, okay. and it was Boy George and Kelly Rowland. Oh. And I love Destiny's Child, so I was a little bit heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. um, and I love Guy and Delta and, and Boy George as well, so it was <laughs> kind of, it was a very... Did they uh, turn around and regret that? Or was there post-chats about this going, oh, I think we've made a mistake here? N- well, I don't know. You know, it's okay. a TV show, so they yeah. got to do TV show things, and um, it was just a... It was it was good for me to learn, you know, a bit like a little bit about the industry. Yeah. Um, I got signed, uh, you know, a month before uh, it, the episode actually aired. So oh, it was kind shit. of like good, good. Um, it was sort of good preparation for yeah. you know, like doing like media and talking, doing the interviews and yeah. Was it funny yeah. then for that to to go to air and then people messaging you going you were robbed and then you realise oh, don't <laughs> worry guys I'm signed everything's cool you know I think I think the judges made a very good uh, decision because um, it turned out pretty good I guess you said that you liked all of them though but be honest with me now if if they all turned around who would you have gone with 
Um, I would have gone with with Guy Sebastian. Yeah. Oh, he, he's yeah. from a gospel background too. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, I, when I was little, I my parents put me in front of my mum loved Idol, and it was yes. like when I was one, it was the first, uh, the first season, and yeah. so my mum put me in front of the TV, and I used to like <laughs> try sing along to Angels Brought Me Here, but you know, like. Babies can't talk properly, so it was like not. horrible. But yeah. well, when you I, were one, you yeah. said Shannon Noel was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I really love love Guy Sebastian, and um, yeah, he's he's yeah. really he's nice amazing. He, he's yeah. actually the nicest person in the world, which is yeah. so annoying. Yeah, he's so he's so talented and he's so nice. Yeah. Um. So tell us. So you got signed. Tell us what happened then. Like, was there a song that that, that blew you up from there? Um. What was the next step for you? Where where you knew that this wasn't just going to be you auditioning for. TV shows and, and writing songs for, for um, your school, this was going to be a career for you. Uh, it wasn't even like because of The Voice. It was kind of a month after we did. they did the filming, we filmed the audition. Like I don't think anyone even knew about it then. Mm. Um, Marcus Thane, uh, he was at Spotify at the time, but he moved to Warner and um, he messaged me um, in March uh, 20, 2019, which is when The Voice aired that year same year and um he saw one of a performance that my cousin posted on twitter that i did um the year before and um it just sort of uh a lot of new artists when you get signed to record label or like if you're a young songwriter um when you come into like an industry they put you with a lot of other songwriters yeah and they kind of you know give you a little bit of a test and i hadn't written with anyone else other than my dad until that point and um so it was very like as the voice aired and then I was already you know working on songs to to put out and I was meant to put out my first single in April 2020 mm-hmm. and it was this pop cool little pop song that I I really love I still love it <laughs> but uh you know uh God had other plans Can you play a little bit of that pop song for I us? Can. Yeah, I can I love it. it It's called Fighter Yeah um this is the song that pretty much sealed the deal. Okay, um, good. I like it. The record deal, yeah. Um, I'm going to remember how it goes. Um, Cause I'm a flat. Oh, man, I'm off key too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm a fighter. Nothing's going to tie me down. Yeah, I'm a fighter. Nobody's gonna wash me out I'm lighting up a fire Nobody's gonna put me out Cause I'm a fighter Yeah, I'm a fighter That's the chorus. I love it, I love it um, I love it also You're the only person that probably release an album with songs out of key Because all the time, every time you were singing out of key It sounded perfect to us Oh, no way <laughs> uh, Let's go to um, Matt Corby How did you become... Uh, uh, friends slash, uh, I guess, colleagues or writing partners or but how would you describe your relationship um, with Matt Corby? I say we're good friends. Yeah, there you go. Good, good friends. friends. Colleagues sounds um, a little bit like you work at H&R Block together or something. Yeah, yeah good friends with Matt Corby. Yeah. Um, well, I met him when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened for him uh, at the Old Museum in Brisbane. Um, and it's quite funny. We were all at Soundcheck. Um, Robbie, Mil- Robbie Miller, you know, uh, suggested that I be one of the support acts. So it was me, Robbie Miller, and then Matt was the headline of that night. And it was just a little acoustic night. Um, I just had my guitar and um, 
So it was very chill and nice. And um, it was just as I started, like, it was just after I applied for The Voice, actually. <laughs> um, and... He was he was on Idol, wasn't he? He was on he was on Idol, and he had a and unrecognisably, if you look at if you Google Matt Corby in his Idol audition compared to what he looks like now, yeah, you wouldn't think that's yeah, the same person. Well, he well, it's it's quite funny. So I'd just done you know the the produce like in front of the producers for The Voice, mm-hmm. done the audition and everything, and um, then I did the gig with Matt and we were all at sound check and Matt was like oh nice to meet you like he's really nice he's like one of the best guys ever and he's like I- I'm a very quiet and reserved person so if when I meet new people I'm not I don't talk a lot so I was like oh hey I'm Bujara and he's like how old are you and I was like I'm 16 and he's like, I was on a show when I was 16. Don't effing do that. Like, really stern. It was kind of like he had this kind of little, like, crazy look in his eyes. <laughs> he was serious. Um, and my parents were sitting in the... We were on stage. My parents were sitting in the seats. And I looked back at my parents and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did I, like, we, we, like, just mucked up. I was like, that was the look I gave my parents. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of like my... F- the first impression I got of Matt and <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had killer eyes and he yelled at you yeah um, <laughs> and now you're best of friends yeah now really yeah, oh, yeah we're best friends and um, so when I got up and performed he didn't he didn't stick around for my sound check um, but when I performed I, I remember I went to the green room and everyone was sitting there I went to the corner um, they were all you know like drinking alcohol I don't drink and I was I was 16 so I couldn't drink anyway yeah, yeah. Um, so I had like sparkling water in a wine glass because that's all they had <laughs> um, and I just sat in the corner I didn't talk to anyone and when I went out I started singing and everyone like Matt and um, a few of his uh, band was there Rowan and and uh, Alex Hendrickson um, and Everyone come and they all watch from side of stage, which is super sweet because you know he could have been warming up, yeah, of course, and getting himself ready. And like, like some singers spend at least an hour warming up. Like I know he like warms up for mm. like he takes a long time to warm up, and so it was really like nice. And then afterwards, he after the show, he like cut, we were all like just chilling in the green room, and he come up. He's like, I hope this is not weird. I hope this isn't weird. But uh, do you want to write together sometime? And I was like, sure. And then we wrote together. Yeah. Yeah. That was your first EP? Uh, yeah. Well, come a little bit later, um, we got together. Uh, it took like about a year for us to actually, you know, right. sit, like get together and write. And, um, Nothing moves that fast in showbiz, does it? No, everything's, you gotta, <laughs> gotta like hurry up and wait. Yes. Some people say, yeah. But like I signed to, we didn't end up getting any contact, so we didn't actually know how to get in contact and sort that out. But when I, got the record deal I was like oh Matt said he wanted to write with me sometimes so a year later I just pop up out of the blue and um, we had a writing session and it was um, we wrote you know Pyro which that was the that was the that's the last track that was the first song we wrote together and then his tour was cancelled because of COVID Mm -hmm. and we live you know like 20 minutes away from each other so when COVID hit his tour was cancelled and we're like do you just want to like write some songs together so we had a week together and um we just happened to like after the fourth song we wrote together um the first four songs that we wrote together were the 
four songs on the EP. Yeah. We wrote Missing You. Missing You was the last song mm-hmm. that we wrote. And that afternoon we were like, yeah, these are great. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just put these out. Put them out. And so we did. What's the song that changed it all, though, do you think, for you? Do you want to play a little bit of that? The, the big one? The big one? The big one. Yeah, Missing You, I reckon. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. I've been missing you near me. I've been missing you clearly. Are we strong enough? Are we living long enough to die freely? But we are turning dust. Won't you come see me? I've been missing you near me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant and smooth with the headphones falling the off headphones your head too, and just cruising back in. How, how do you warm up? You were talking before about singers warming up and stuff. I'm always interested in that because clearly I'm not a singer. Do you have a technique, even one back in the church days when you were all having to kind of yeah. get together? And- well, in church, um, we didn't really have much of a formal, uh, you know, training. My mum sang, and uh, my dad knows how to sing, and uh, like pretty much all my family sing. But we didn't really have much of like a, you know, understanding of like how it all works. So um, it's a bit rough. Like in the start, <laughs> um, one exercise we do was we sing um, one, like this chorus uh, called "Yes Lord," and we we do it, but raise the key every time and then come back down. Yeah. Um. So like hard singing straight off the bat, which um, most singers know is. Not how you should warm up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you shouldn't just start at 100%. Well, how has that gone for you? Because, I mean, obviously you were talking about when you played in the restaurant for two hours. But now you're, like, doing shows and more regularly. Has that affected yeah. you at all? Or have well, you learned to kind of stay on top of that? Well, I sing quite a lot. I think young singers, uh, it can it can be, like, some some young singers can just, you know, you give, your voice gets tired, but you can just keep going because, yeah. you know, you're young and you've got heaps of energy. I'm That's only right. 20. I yeah. could probably just keep going. Yeah. Um, and not really think about it, but we'll do the um, podcast in twenty years, and we'll talk about and it. And we'll then. talk about it then. Uh, yeah, when yeah, my yeah. voice You're is like, oh, it's just whiskey and cigarettes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really like. I love singing so much. Like yeah. I, I've said it like twenty times already. Um, into the. Well, you're good at it, so it's lucky. I, I really love it. Um, <laughs> it's a lot like when you know how to sing right. Mm. It's a lot easier to sing, you know, for longer like amount of time. Yeah. Um, which is lucky that I did learn technique mm-hmm. um, in church. Uh, and then my manager, uh, she studied voice. Um, so when when I met them, uh, I just asked her, like, oh, what's, more, like, what's some good warm-ups I can do? And Matt also helped me. He gave me, you know, exercises to do um, to help with my breathing. And uh, I do, like, I spend, like, an hour, about an hour doing warm-ups before a show now and then afterwards you do like the same thing but it's called a cool down yeah, to relax yeah. the voice any young singers listening do warm-ups and cool downs um not hard ones just light light singing like mm, um it sh- stretches your voice like gets it relaxed and um do it because it will you get into like a lot of the warm-ups are also you know good exercises they help build you know good habits or mm. like good singing habits um so all the young singers please do it you you'll 
you really benefit from it. Well, now I've realised maybe some crazy people I see on the train aren't crazy. They might just be singers after a gig doing cool downs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming to themselves on the yeah. train. Going, I get off stage and my band tell me, uh, get off. Like they just tell me to they go into the green room and do your cool downs. Get because, down there. You know, that's like yep. if when you're like singing as if you like want a career as a singer, like you know, you, well, you're like an athlete. I always, you, th- yeah. I always, I used to think this all the time. Like you see a, a sports person play one game on a Saturday and they spend six days recovering from that game, yep. and and you see a singer finish a show and then they go out and have a hundred drinks and then do another show the next day. And yeah. And I go, that's probably not very, you can't probably keep that up for too long. Yeah. Well, it depends what you're like, what, you know, your catalog is as well. If yeah. you're like, if you're Belton uh, or like if you're singing opera music, opera, yeah. like that's, it's, it, it depends on how intense uh, or like how demanding your set is. Yeah, of course. Um, because some people can, like, it's quite easy, mm. you know. Um, Billie Eilish, I, I don't reckon she'd do a lot because she sings very light anyway. She doesn't yeah. do a lot of heavy singing. Uh, it was like it just falls out of her. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't really bother her too much, but yeah. When you know my songs are quite <laughs> intense. Like I, some if I haven't, if I'm like tired, um, I it, it's quite hard sometimes. You know to get through. You know singing higher is the worst one. Right. Um, Sometimes I really struggle singing that one, but I get through it. Tell us about the aria because you got an aria in 2021. It was a breakthrough artist. Am I got they got yep. that right? Yeah, Michael Vidinsky breakthrough artist. That's the first award for that. I was there. Yep. I was there for that. Um, how did that feel? It was crazy. I, first of all, I didn't even think I was going to get nominated, mm. um, and then I end up with like five nominations. And Matt and Chris also got nominated for you know engineer and producer. So it was like seven categories that yep. you know the ep was nominated in and that was sort of like already a mind-blown thing um and then i honestly i didn't think i was going to win any you know everyone my i think my ep the budger ep was really nothing compared to you know you know a uh, hiatus coyote like the album was out and they had um you know in that, in the breakthrough artist category, they had you know Greta Ray and yep. Nairi and Maya, and they had Mask Wolf Fashion on the Ocean. That was massive. I yeah. I was sitting with him all night. <laughs> I was sitting with with Mask Wolf all night. Yeah, and um, I surely thought he had it. But it was yours. It was mine. Yeah. But it was, it's like funny because you know Maya, like she's a good friend of mine. She like her. EP was incredible and mm-hmm. it did did a lot better than mine um, and so did Nairi's and, and Greta's and so it was really like I felt kind of bad I can't you know first <laughs> maybe like, next Ari's you sit at home with yeah. your friends and not the other nominees <laughs> oh no I, they're all, like they're, they're all friends of mine of course um, as, well, as well which I thought was really nice yeah. like well, there wasn't any hard feelings yeah um, but I remember like like it was kind of emotional because you know Michael Gudinski, uh, you know he you know had a big part in you know me being here today and um, so that was one thing and you know also being a singer my whole life it's something I've always wanted. Of course. Um, Do you remember watching your first arias? Do you remember a standout moment? I like sitting at home going, this might be me one day. Surely it's going to be me. I just love watching you know all the award shows and the Grammys and everything. Yeah. So I always dreamed of you know performing yeah. there as well, which did happen that night as well um how was that crazy yeah crazy <laughs> i like 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 it's, did you cool, tell me you didn't cool down after so that weird. you were on I too did, much of a high did you i did do a cool down okay. yeah all right 
You're um, a man of your word then. That's Yeah, <laughs> I am. But it was just like such a like special night, like something I've always dreamed of doing as a kid is right in front of me and then, you know, the the people that I'm around, you know, my friends are also there. Yep. So when they said my name, I was I looked at my my mum come with me. Yeah. She's my plus one and I <laughs> I was like, What? And I like literally I'd like just I just started crying. If you watch the the, yeah, you I remember, the video, I remember the speech back on YouTube, I'm <laughs> crying and um I know one bit of advice I'll give you. I, so I put I, I don't perform like you, but the thing <laughs> don't watch stuff back. <laughs> no, I, you know, I went back. I went back that night after my cool downs. I was sitting in the hotel and I went and watched it back and I started crying again. <laughs> okay. But All right. Like, like it really meant a lot. Everyone was also like that day, oh, it doesn't mean anything if you don't win. And I was sort of prepared to not win. Yeah. Um, but you know, know like, been, that's one of the few cliches in the world that is right. Like, it is an honour to be nominated because, as yeah. you said, that with a with a group of your peers who you actually like and respect, yeah. and like their music. It's not like you're sitting in the background going, oh, "I should definitely win against that person." No, yeah, like it's a true, it's a true saying. It's a but yeah. So everyone was like, some like I think some people would get caught up in the yeah. awards and that sort of stuff, and so again, in every, twenty years, we'll chat again. And yeah, probably so like, my mom, my mom, and and Marcus, everyone was like giving me these pep talks like it's all right if you don't win like it's not a measure of your success but like i think like i was like yeah and i was i was accepting it but um does your mum have the aria prior to place or do you have that somewhere oh well i still live with my parents yeah yeah but does so she have it in in her area is it like in the lounge room on, for everyone yeah it's on our piano okay perfect they're um, very dangerous they're very heavy and dangerous yeah they are oh my gosh so, win so a grammy heavy. it's much safer <laughs> yeah yeah but I like every time. Every time I walk out of my room and into the lounge room, I see it and I think, "How weird is that?" Like that thing that was on the TV, like (laughs) so many times when I was little. It's in your house now. Um, But like, I think like I did the speech and then I come off and I was crying and I was like, my mum was there and it was like on. It was like a virtual thing as well, and um, so they didn't have like. Ed Sheeran presented it so they didn't have one of those flip out cards but they did have a flip out card and the woman that was doing the camera next to our table had the card that said break like that they flip open and yeah, say yeah. and she gave it to me oh brilliant and you know they have like do you know how they only have like the one aria and they sort of just hand around to all the winners say thank you and put it for the next artist <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, that's right. I didn't go home with the actual aria mm. I had got sent to me yep. but um, she handed me the piece of paper <laughs> And I'd kind of gotten myself together by then, but she handed me the paper and I'm like, ah! I like, started crying again. And then Amy Shark come over and I was like, Amy Shark! <laughs> and then I think I was just, cr- like, I cried mm. from then. And then Lime Cordial won the next award, which was the tour yeah. after that. Yeah. And I was on tour with them. <laughs> so they, like, walked past and I was, like, crying some more. I'm tearing up now just thinking about it. And then I met the Wiggles. Um, <laughs> I met, like, the original Wiggles, yeah. like, Jeff. And there's, a there's like, a picture of me somewhere floating around of me meeting Jeff and just, like, like losing, just you. It, losing a mess your mind meeting again. Jeff. And Maybe then, you should never go back to the Aries again. It doesn't feel like no. you're ever going to replicate that night. Ever. No, but then... And then I went to the Warner after party and I had gotten myself together for the like just as I got out of the car at the at the at the label's office, and we had the party and and then we went back to the hotel and I watched it back and just started crying. So I ended up like 
it was like happy tears, but yeah, kind of, of like sad. I cried myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you just quickly going back on with, with working with Matt Corby. What does your dad think about you writing with Matt Corby? Is he a bit jealous or does, does he want to? Because you, you, he was no, your I, original I, writing partner. <laughs> Me and my dad still write together oh, good. sometimes. Okay, yeah, good. he's he's my dad. It's like so annoying. He knows everything, which is like kind of painful, but it's really good. Um, So he taught me how to sing. Yep. Um, he's a drummer. He he can't sing though, but he knows how to do it. Um, and so he taught me how to sing and um, how to write and how to put a show together. Um, so he always like, if he comes to one of my shows, he records it on his phone. Yeah. The whole hour and a half. Yeah, right. And then he watches it back and he says, he like he's like he I send him all my new demos that I write like whoever I'm writing with I always send it to my dad because mm. I know he'll give me good honest feedback of course like, well you need that don't yeah, you yeah the music industry will be like yeah 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 and then all of a sudden behind your back it's like so you need someone yeah that, you need someone that's gonna be like 100%. that sucks of course <laughs> my dad does that yeah, yeah. So, yeah which you probably hate at the time but probably really appreciate a couple of hours yeah. down the track <laughs> yeah it's quite yeah it's quite funny sometimes we disagree um, yeah. like we disagreed on um, uh, one of my newest tracks uh what should i do and it's like kind of um in the bridge it's like kind of a rappy oh yeah um it's like a breaks down and um my dad when i when i showed it to my dad the demo he's like that's the worst thing you've ever done <laughs> um like he because it's it's it was a lot lower in my range as well my dad doesn't like when i go into like do any low notes show up to parties Late nights drove like passed out on the floor. I just came in for a good time. So it's like kind of right. rappy and n- not like a lot of, you know, singing. Yeah. Um, I still think it's singing. There's but still a um, bit of singing in there from my point of view. Yeah, I'm yeah. not your dad. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, that's something we disagreed on. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, but yeah, um, I, I love him because he cares so much. Now, um, COVID's still hanging around, but it means yeah. you can still jump on a plane. I, I hear you've got a pretty big tour around the corner. You want to tell us a bit about that yeah. before we let you go? Um, well, I'm on tour right now. Yeah. Well, um, you're well. In, in the time of recording this, you're going to play uh, a Sydney show on Saturday. Yeah. But um, the podcast will be out after that. So, well yeah. done on the Sydney show. Thanks. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, we just did the run of Australian shows, and now I'm off to Europe. And where's the America? first stop in Europe? London oh, at the I've Jazz Cafe. Wow. Which is like, that's a dream yeah. venue for me. D'Angelo recorded a live album there. So yeah, I was, yeah. uh, when they were like, oh, you're going to be at the Jazz Cafe. And I was like, what? Yeah. Um, and then we're going to Paris and Germany. Wow. I'm also playing The Great Escape um, in Brighton. Yeah. In the UK. Amazing. And then, um, and I'm, how are the shows changing for you in the, with those tours? Are you doing things that you wouldn't normally be doing, or are you keeping it as authentic as you've been doing down here? Well, I think it's always um, going to be me. Authentic's um, the wrong word. Sorry, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like a bit more like, whoa, I'm overseas. Um, well, it's a bit. It's a different. Last year's tour was um, solo, just me and the guitar, and that's what I'm taking overseas as well. Great. Um, because I think it's a great introduction. I can just sit down, take my time, and really introduce myself to people because they don't really know me there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year for in Australia, for this last uh, couple shows that I've just done, mm. um, I've got a band with me now, and yep. I love them. Yep. It's so much fun. Um, 
I love being able to just get up and sing now and not think about playing as well. But um, so it's a bit different. I don't plan to do the same tour twice. I don't like recycling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, this podcast has at least three or five international listeners. So we'll introduce yeah. you to the Americans and the Europeans yeah, yeah. before Come you get over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come to my shows. Come to my shows. Check them on my website and you can see all the dates. Yeah, what is your website? Give it uh, to us. com. Oh, you're just a dot com too. I love B-U-D-J-E-R-A-H is how you spell it. Yeah. Um, we finished the introducing podcast with you introducing us to someone so someone that you're listening to they could be they might be really famous and you just love them and you want to tell them or tell us or it could be your sister or it could be your mother's cousin Mm. or yeah and you can take your time because it's a question without notice but we'd like to finish that way um hmm you know one of my friends from home uh my cousins they um they're her band uh Bronte Eve she's a singer yeah um she she did um if you're familiar with JK47 um, and his, uh, if you saw his Triple J, uh, the like a version, she sang. Yeah, right. She sang with, with JK, um, yeah. Changes the Tupac. She, yeah, she I did, did see the, that. She did the singing parts. Bronte E. Amazing. Yeah, I think she's got some more music coming up this year. So. Well, look out for it. Yeah, look out for it because well, she's really great. See, I, here's the thing. I saw Billie Eilish at the Lansdowne Hotel when she was 17 years old with her brother, and I saw you there when you were 18. So I feel that, um, you know, things are going to be fine for you. And obviously seeing you live and hearing your music, you're, you're uh, a one-of-a-kind, mate. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, good luck with the big tour. Hopefully you still speak to us when you're back. Yeah, I will. I'll always come back. Listen.